It's time to take a journey within and explore the power of journaling. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Tara Tucker and welcome to the Authentic Stories Podcast. It's Friday, so today I'm solo. Today you get to hear pieces of my story. So grab your favorite beverage, hit subscribe, put your earbuds in and listen up. Welcome back, Overcomers. I'm Tara Tucker, the Storytelling Strategist. I help women and girls journal without judgment, find their voice, and write with purpose. I'm so happy you joined me again, and I hope you were able to catch my last interview that I had on Wednesday with Jada Bell. So far, it's been my most watched interview on YouTube, so check it out. You can go to youtube.com at Authentic Stories Podcast and check it out. She's episode 53. And today, I won't be before you long. I want to share a snippet of my book, my memoir, Everybody Kneeling Ain't Praying, and talk to you about 10 ways that journaling can help with emotional challenges. The chapter that I want to share with you is actually called Emotional Challenges. And journaling helped me not only through this book, but through my life, through my life. So I'm going to read my excerpt, and from after that, I'm going to share with you 10 ways that journaling can help with emotional challenges, and then I'm going to let you be on your way. All right? Is that all right? Okay. Emotional challenges. I started writing in my diary as early as 14 and haven't stopped writing. Now I call it journaling, and it's therapeutic for me. There are many times when I will lash out at people and have uncontrollable bouts of anger. That certainly wasn't cool. My mood shifted regularly. That continued as an adult. I was an emotional child who grew into an emotional adult, and journaling helped with that. Many times, I felt like I had no voice, and it caused me to to internalize everything. I constantly made assumptions and stayed in my feelings. I didn't trust people, yet I loved them. If I was in a room and people were saying negative things about someone, my response would be, well, you never know why they did that. They may have something going on. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Do you ever do that? For some odd reason, I was looking for the good in everyone. It had to be there, right? Seeing that little bit of good in people made me stay in situations longer than I should have. Situations where the bad far outweighed the good. You're crazy. I heard that been yelled at me from more than one man that I dated. Your mouth won't get you in trouble. You can't just say whatever you want. Yep, several said that too. Somebody go knock your A out. You can't be hitting and throwing things. I've heard this as well. I was a fighter. I would curse you out and hit you anytime I felt disrespected because I didn't need to. Yet I've been punched, choked, smacked, and pushed. And I've even been in an all-out fight in relationships. However, I was no one's punching bag. Yet I'm also no stranger to domestic abuse. I was abused and I was also the abuser. But these incidents, along with my childhood and the rapes, left me vulnerable, open, and exposed. I didn't trust my decisions. I thought it was safer to just not seriously date. So I worked as a full-time escort. Every time I tried to have a relationship, something foul happened. Every time I trusted a man, they hurt me. And being with women seemed less stressful and better. I never fought with my female partner. So 
but I wasn't clear when it came to this. I wasn't clear with what I wanted or how deep I was willing to go with the woman. The confusion I felt further made me spiral out of control. There is resentment and anger that I was suppressed as I grew older. I realized the anger I had towards my mother. I was mad at my mom for making me kill my baby at 16 years old, for choosing her boyfriends over me, and, and not knowing that people hurt me. And that people were touching me inappropriately. She did remove daddy from the home, so she protected me the best way she knew how. There was so much more going on with me. How could I blame my mom for what she didn't know? I don't know, but I did. I was even mad at her because we were poor. And she was so smart. I thought our life should have been better. I had anger towards the person I loved the most in the entire world. Later as an adult, my mom and I talked about this and she shared her past. I had a better understanding of why she was the way she was. It seemed to be a generational curse because the same experiences were occurring with me with slight differences. Consequently, I didn't know I was suffering from depression until I was in my late 30s. My symptoms were getting worse. I was manic and violent. So much so that my husband at that time, when I finally received help, was threatening to leave me. None of us understood that I was constantly being triggered a lot by him and didn't know how to cope with that. Feeling like I had no voice was a trigger for me. I needed to be able to speak up and stand up for myself. If someone tried to bully me or take that away from me, I fought back. If I gave myself to someone in a genuine way and they played with my feelings, that was a trigger for me. What I wanted in relationships wasn't authentic and reciprocal love with mutual respect. I wondered throughout my young adult life if that was even a thing, because what I got was a lot of posers. People taking advantage of my kindness and pushing me back into darkness every time I thought I was out. It would get so dark for me that I just wanted to die. But I was scared to kill myself because I didn't know what was on the other side. I believed in God, but I had no clear understanding of what happens when you commit suicide. And I wanted to be on the right side of him. Another thing, nonverbal communication, although easy to misinterpret, became my way of communicating. I would text fast and long. I was called the text queen by my friends. This way of speaking, especially when angry, was dysfunctional because my tone and intent were often misunderstood. And I misunderstood the same with others. I was a fan of this communication style to express my anger and discontentment because I didn't have to actually hear the other person. At my core, I was led by fear. And I learned that through journaling. Decisions I made were fear-based. Fear of someone's reaction. Fear of someone leaving me. Fear of not being accepted. Various fears. But I appeared fearful. No one would have put Tara and fear in the same sentence. Heck, neither would I. Not with the adventurous way I approach life. It didn't make sense to me. However, 
This revelation occurred during my therapy sessions with Dr. Matthews also because she explored my motive for various actions. And that reality hit me like a tongue of grace. I had to be honest with who I was versus who I pretended to be. And I'm speaking as an adult, living and loving, appearing to have it together. I'm thankful that I know now that the spirit of fear doesn't come from God. He gives the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Before him, my mind wasn't that sound. Before God, I didn't know who I was, but it took honesty, looking at the woman in the mirror before changes could truly take place. I'll tell you this, I was usually laughing, smiling, and doing something to help others. No one knew I was depressed. In those alone moments, I was left to be by myself and deal with my demons. And I like to get high. So I didn't have to think about my issues. I just wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel free. Even though I wasn't free, I felt bound to people. To friends, family, partners, even my crazy thoughts. I conformed so much until I got sick of myself and pushed back. I would get mad at myself for doing things I didn't want to do. I did it to make others happy. That was the wanting to be accepted part. I would say I didn't care what people thought, and many times I didn't, but it depended on the person. It was like I had an angel on one side and a demon on the other, and I listened to them both at different moments in time. I'm telling you, my childhood jacked me up. The wounds were layered and the roots went deep, which happens with unresolved conflicts and trauma. In comparison, the freedom I have now is unparalleled. I think back and it's like I'm discussing a different woman. To God be the glory. And that's an excerpt from my book, Everybody Kneeling and Praying. And that chapter is called Emotional Challenges. And I'm thankful that I'm able to share that and be vulnerable with you because it is like I'm discussing a different person. And it just goes to show the love of God and the power of God, the power of his spirit. So I also want to share with you how journaling helped me through that to even get to the understanding about my fears, understanding about my triggers. That happened through journaling. And I want to share with you 10 ways to help you, whatever you're going through. These 10 ways to help you with your emotional challenges. Number one, the first way is to identify your emotions. So journaling helps you identify your emotions. It provides a space to clearly identify and express your feelings and allows you to gain greater self-awareness about which emotions you need to address. Number two Journaling helps you to process complex emotions like grief or guilt because working through complex emotions in writing creates distance from the situation and it'll give you more clarity on how best to handle things in the long run. Number three, journaling also lets you let go of negative feelings. 
Expressing your difficult emotions, taking them from the internal to the external, helps to reduce their power over you. And it offers you an opportunity for growth and healing. Journaling um, also helps you develop healthy, uh, healthy cope, coping strategies. Excuse me. When you write them out, when you write out your problems, it helps you reveal patterns and triggers. Like a trigger for me is people dismissing me, silencing me, not allowing me to share my opinion, uh, things like that. Not allowing me to be as I allowed them to be. That's a trigger for me. And I recognize that through journaling. So it'll help you recognize your patterns. It'll help you provide insight on how best to deal with your challenges emotionally. Rather than just reacting blindly in that moment, you'll learn to plan better. You'll learn healthier coping strategies to deal with whatever comes up. It also, for number five, it helps you reflect on your progress. So for me, I save my journals. I like to look back in them, see how far I've come, how my mind has shifted. So some people write and destroy. And that's okay, too, because you journal without judgment. But for my number five, I'm saying it'll help you reflect on progress. You'll be able to see past successes, and it just helps you to stay focused on personal growth even during difficult times. Number six, journaling can help you create positive affirmations. Uh, Affirming yourself like I can, I am, I will. It helps you to build confidence. It does not override the word of God, of course. But it does help you build your self-esteem and confidence. It helps you just approach approach life differently when you speak positive and have uplifting, uplifting phrases and thoughts. It increases all of that. It, it just helps you remember like who you are and that you can do it, you know? Number seven, journaling helps you boost creativity. You can journal through painting, through drawing, through writing, of course. And it helps encourage creative thinking, which fosters mental well-being, right? As well as self-expression. So journal. It, it gives you a creative outlet to promote exploration. So you get to think about ideas and like, oh, without fear of judgment, you know, just kind of putting it out there. And it helps you to problem solve, right? To me, it does anyway. Number eight, it helps you improve communication skills. So putting your words on paper develops communication skills further by helping clarify thoughts. So before you externalize them, before you verbalize them, write them down. Write them down so that you can clarify what you're trying to say. And then take some time to think it through and then speak it. It'll help you become more articulate while avoiding misunderstandings and communicating. Because communication without comprehension leads to misunderstandings. So... Journaling helps you improve your communication skills. Okay? I don't know if you knew that, but take that tip. <laughs> Number nine, journaling helps you enhance your problem-solving ability. So, think about it. You may have options, and they're in your head. Should I do this? Should I go there? Should I say this? 
if you write it down, now you're looking at it. You can write down possible solutions. You can write down any type of associated repercussions or uh, consequences for those options before you actually decide on something. It'll help you make better plans, help you move forward in confidence, you know. So write it out and consider it. It'll allow for deeper consideration. And then number 10, it'll help you connect your innermost thoughts. And when I say innermost thoughts, I mean just really exploring the deep things of your mind, exploring your feelings, your concerns, your hopes, your doubts, your dreams. I mean, deep, that connection between your conscious and your subconscious mind. That right there, just being able to understand yourself on a deeper level and gain insight into how you experience things, how you experience life and how you respond when you receive different stimuli throughout your day and you have different situations throughout life in general like it's deep if you if you journal make a practice and a habit of it you will gain greater control over your reactions your responses your emotions in in every circumstance that you encounter every day so give it a try and I hope that You have been encouraged by these top 10. I hope that you incorporate them in your journaling. And I hope you've been encouraged by me sharing a part of my book with you, a part of my story with you, just so I can show you that we're all doing life together. We're all on a path. I'm not greater. You're not greater. We just are, you know. And I want to invite you to my Journal Without Judgment Writing and Release Workshop. I have them every second Friday of the month. And you can register at www.thepowerofyourvoice.net. That's www.thepowerofyourvoice.net. It's only $25. You can come every month. You can come one time. But at least come one time and check it out. That's my Journal Without Judgment Writing and Release Workshop. And I'll teach you techniques and also give you journaling prompts. We have open share and discussion. We have prayer. It's a great time. It's it's in the evening, so come out. Come out. It's just a time to explore your authentic voice and enhance your creativity. So, yeah. I'm glad I was able to share this with you today. And I want you to tune in on Wednesday when I interview author Monet Collins. She is the best-selling author of the book, You Good Sis. She's going to be discussing the link between impulsivity and trauma. But you don't want to miss that. So stay tuned and check it out. And until then, peace. Thank you for tuning in to Authentic Stories Podcast. It has been an honor to share my story with you today, and I hope that it inspired you in some way. As we close this episode, remember to live, love, and be authentic. No matter what life throws your way, always stay true to yourself. We'll be back on Wednesday with more inspiring stories from around the world, so make sure to tune back in. 
Until then, take care of yourself and each other.